So we'll continue the metta practice today at this sitting. And I'd like to speak for just a few minutes to elaborate, expand on what Greg talked about yesterday. So just to refresh or remind you about the mechanics of the metta practice. The, um, the practice is one of intention, actually, that the phrases that we use, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may you be safe, may you live with ease, these phrases are expressing the wish for happiness for ourselves and for other beings. Um, but the, um, you know, we're, and we're also trying to connect with a feeling of warmth, of kindness, of caring as we express that wish. But that feeling may or may not come right away. You know, you may be sitting here doing the metta practice and, and not have a sense of that feeling of warmth or caring that's coming. And that's fine, actually. What this practice is doing is through that expression of that wish, may you be happy, may you be healthy. As we express that wish, as we connect to that phrase and understand what it means, we're inclining our minds towards the feelings that um, are connected with that wish. We may not be feeling them right away, but we're, we're beginning to incline our minds in that direction. So to be patient with yourselves, if you're not finding that feeling of warmth or kindness or caring, there were times um, I did a period of extended metta practice of one whole month, and... Um, during that month, there were definitely times where I just couldn't find the feeling at all. But I could say the phrase in my mind and understand what it meant. Just saying the phrase and understanding the meaning. And through that practice, the feeling began to kind of be kindled. So this actually brings me to, in remembering how this worked for me, this brings me to another aspect I want to include today, which is um, bringing the, uh, making the practice connected to our bodily experience, in particular in the area of the heart. This was the instruction that actually made the metta practice finally come alive for me. Because it's so, it's so much words, you know, we're, we're saying the phrase, we're connecting with an image or with a feeling of being with the person. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of the, the wordiness going on. But for me, when I finally got the instruction, when one of my teachers gave me the instruction, every time you say a phrase, take a moment to just come back and check in in the area of the heart and see what has been the impact of making that wish. So you express the phrase, you understand the meaning, and then check back into the body in the area of the heart and see what's happened. There's no right or wrong to what happens there, but just give yourself an opportunity to check in and see what has come, what what has happened. So for myself at that particular period of time when it felt so dry, what I discovered was I I could say the phrase and understand the meaning. I could, you know, connect with my... Um, you know, bring up an image, a little you know, brief moment of an image of the person, and then it would disappear, and then say the phrase and understand the meaning. 
and then check in with the area of the heart. And after some time, what I began to see was there's just a little subtle feeling of opening and um, you know, just a subtle feeling of, of wishing well, of caring for this person. It's very small, almost like a little ember. And then as I continued saying the phrases, understanding the meaning of what I was saying, and checking back in, it was as if every phrase was like, like Greg said last night with the chanting, the phrases were like a bellows that just fueled that little ember of goodwill into a more broad and uh, open feeling of what I understood to be metta, really the open, connected um, feeling of kindness, caring, and well-wishing. So, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, one of my friends says, it doesn't have to be like Hallmark greeting card kind of feeling that we're going for. It can be just a really simple feeling of well-wishing. So as we do this practice, one of the things that happens to us um, as we do this kind of practice, the practice of metta is what's called a practice of purification. So it, um, it tends to bring up in our hearts the opposite of what we're kind of in the direction we're kind of going for. So you may notice sometimes when you're doing the metta practices that feelings of anger, of frustration, of ill will come up. And contrary to, uh, you know, you might think, well, this practice isn't working. Actually, it is working. This is how the purification works. One of my uh, uh, metta teachers, Guy Armstrong, compared this practice to it's like running a magnet, a metamagnet over your heart. So the metta practice is like you have a big metamagnet and you're running this metamagnet over your heart. And what do magnets do? They pull out their opposite. So what happens as we, we run this metamagnet over our heart is that the opposites kind of get pulled to the surface so they come into consciousness and we're aware of them. So it's not a mistake if you find while you're doing the practice that feelings of frustration, of uh, annoyance, of irritation, of anger are coming up. So there's a few different things I'd like to say about that. Because sometimes they can be mild and sometimes they can be strong. So it's helpful to have a sense of how to work with those energies as they appear in the metta practice. So the first instruction around working with difficulties as they come up. And these kinds of difficulties, just to put in the language of um, the meta language, these kind of difficulties are what is called the far enemy of meta. So they're um, they're experiences that come up that are not going to be mistaken for meta. They are kind of the opposite quality to meta. So in working with these qualities, the first instruction that we try is just simply to keep going. Allow that feeling of ill will, of anger, of frustration to be there, but in the background. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to do anything with it. 
just stay connected to saying the phrase, understanding the meaning of the phrase, and connecting with the being that you are wishing the metaphor. So it's just kind of a, you know, very simple, just letting it be in the background. When I did this month of metta practice, this actually was kind of a relief for me um, when I first understood how this worked. It was kind of like, oh, you mean I don't have to actually like dive in and figure it out? I can just let it be and then just keep going with the metta? And what, what happened often when you can keep going with the metta and just let that feeling be in the background is that that feeling runs its course. You know, it, it, it passes away and then you're just left with the practice of the metta and perhaps a little bit of an opening of the feeling as that feeling of ill will dies away. So it was really quite a revelation to me to recognize the power of just letting something be in the background. We don't always have to turn and look at everything that comes up. It's not that we're repressing it. It's not that we're trying to fight it or push it down. It's just like, not now, I'm just going to keep going with this metta. Now, sometimes the energies, these difficult energies, are strong. They're, they're much stronger, and they, they aren't going to stay in the background. They're going to like come much more front and center. And if these energies are seem to be kind of connected in particular with the being that you're wishing well to, like, you know, one thing that I find happening, uh, you know, wishing, wishing metta for myself, you know, may I be happy, may I be healthy, what comes up is like all the reasons why it's not uh, possible or why I'm not worthy of it. And so those kind of thoughts can come up in the mind. And if those get really strong, then it can be helpful to move or shift the, uh, the, the metta practice to an easier being. So if you find it easier to wish uh, metta towards a benefactor or a very easy being, you can switch the metta practice and see if that allows you to be with those energies or allow those energies to release those difficult energies. And then if they're stronger than that, they seem to have taken root, these difficult energies, then you can drop the metta practice for a short time and bring mindfulness to your experience. You know, just allow yourself to turn towards that feeling and explore how does it feel in my body, how does it, how does it impact my mind. So those are some ways to explore the difficult energies. And if that feeling, you know, um, uh, the difficult feeling dies away with the mindfulness practice, then you can just return back to the metta practice. So that's working with the far enemy. And then there's also what's called the near enemy of metta, which is a kind of an energy that is similar to metta, so it might be confused with this quality of connection and love, but it's got a little bit of clinging, a little bit of attachment to it. So it's, it's, a, it's a quality of caring with an agenda, a quality of caring with an expectation of something in return. Or uh, it's kind of got this selfish attachment. Or a, you know, there, there's just, it's, it's just slightly um, not completely unconditioned, unconditional. The metta, the 
the metta, the pure quality of metta has no conditions on it. It's an unconditional well-wishing. No need for anything in return. So if there's a sense of, I'll love you if, or I hope you're happy, but I hope you make me happy, you know, that kind of hoping for some kind of reciprocity, just notice that. Again, just notice that there is some attachment there. There's no need to try to push that away either. But just recognize that that energy is present for you. So let's begin the practice. So it's helpful for metta in particular to find a, you know, a comfort, as comfortable a posture as you can. So allowing your body to be relaxed, as relaxed and comfortable as you can. You might want to start by just allowing your attention to rest in your heart center. And just notice what's there, what it is, what's the experience there. No right or wrong, just to kind of get a sense of How does the heart feel right now? Sometimes I find it helpful to have the sense of breathing through my heart. You can play with that. If it doesn't resonate, just let it go. allowing yourself to call to mind. Choose for yourself whether you'd like to begin this afternoon with yourself or with the easy being, a benefactor, a being for whom it's very uh, easy, an uncomplicated relationship for whom it's easy to feel that sense of connection and well-wishing. Choose for yourself whether you'd like to start with the benefactor or yourself. And calling to mind for yourself a sense of either being with that person, if it's the benefactor, or an image of that person, or for yourself, perhaps uh, the felt sense of yourself sitting here right now, or perhaps an image of yourself at a time in your life when you were particularly happy, or a time when you felt good. And for this being, either for yourself or the benefactor, call to mind things that you like about that being or yourself, qualities that you appreciate. or actions that you've appreciated. It's said that 
seeing the beautiful or seeing these kind of qualities is the near cause or the proximate cause for metta to arise. So it can help to reflect for a few moments about these qualities. begin connecting to this being, either yourself or the benefactor. With the image or sense of the being. And begin expressing the wishes of kindness, of caring, of goodwill. May you be happy, or may I be happy. And with each phrase, taking a moment after you've expressed that phrase to come back and check in in the area of the heart and see, just check in again, what's What's happening there? And then the next phrase. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. Continuing the metta practice with your own phrases. I know that Greg suggested some alternatives and encouraged you to think of your own. Whatever phrases feel most congruent or resonant for you. Continue with the metta practice for this being. And then after some time, I'll suggest switching to the other, to self if you're doing benefactor and to benefactor if you're doing so.
Now calling to mind the other being. If you've been doing benefactor, switching to self. If you've been doing self, switching to the easy being. And again, start by connecting with qualities that you appreciate, kind actions, allowing your attention to rest in the heart as you recall this being. And beginning to express the wishes of goodwill. Refreshing, reconnecting with the feeling in the heart center with each phrase.
And now opening out the metta to express the wish of happiness and goodwill towards all beings everywhere. For me, this has initially felt kind of conceptual. But just say the phrase, may all beings be happy, or whichever phrases that you have found that resonate for yourself. And then kind of relax and open your mind to perhaps senses or images of beings that may be around the planet, whether they're animal or insect or persons, whether they're struggling beings or happy beings, whether they're children or adults or teenagers. May all beings be happy. Again, refreshing the sense in the area of the heart, connecting with how does it impact the heart to make this wish? May all beings be healthy. Sometimes it's helpful to imagine waves of metta spreading out over the land and just meeting whoever's in its path. May all beings be safe. May all beings be at ease. And continuing to express the wishes of goodwill towards all beings everywhere.
So I've left a few minutes just in case there's any questions about this practice. Does anybody have any questions about the metta practice? of things will happen to us. Um, you know, just see if you can just accept that. Were you wishing metta for yourself or for the other? When, when was it happening? I guess it was myself. Uh-huh. And, and did you start with yourself and then switch? And when you switched to benefactor, did it make it, it easier? Okay, so that's that. That could be in the terrain of the difficulties that come up. Then you know that there's a little bit. Sometimes for ourselves, there can be a constriction around this wish. Um, this was a surprise to. Um, this seems to be a surprise to Asian teachers. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the Buddha in teaching this, it was like the most natural thing in the world that of course we all wish ourselves happiness and love and you know, it's like not even a question that that's easy to do. Our, uh, our Western culture seems to have a, a, a different way to raise beings because <laughs> We seem to have this, uh, it's kind of widespread that we have a sense of it being more difficult to wish ourselves well. So uh, there can be a kind of a contraction or a tightness or a, you know, I used to feel like there was this band of steel around my chest, you know, like this just tightness whenever I tried to to do this metta practice, not only for myself but for others, but it was very, very painful, like almost physically painful. And so just, you know, noticing that, breathing with that, breathing through it. And if it helps, I mean, you could, in practicing it on your own, see if switching to the easier being allows it to release, relax a little bit. And one thing you can play with, uh, this comes from my my um, colleague Gil Fronstall. He suggests that, you know, when you find a being that's pretty easy, to uh, wish metta for, if you have difficulty for wishing metta for yourself, when you find a being that's pretty easy, just from time to time while you're wishing metta for uh, that being, just slip yourself in there, you know, just once, and then, you know, just kind of let yourself ride in that wave of goodwill that's generated for that being, and then go back to the, uh, the benefactor again. So just kind of get the sense of the possibility of having that, that uh, sense of connection with yourself. Yeah. So I think Greg said yesterday or offered yesterday some different ways to include this practice during the day and I'd just like to to echo that, that um, if you find this practice helpful um, you, you can pick a sitting, another sitting during the day uh, in which to, to work with this practice or perhaps begin each sitting with a little bit of metta and we'll end the day every day with the, the metta chanting that we do. Um, if you find it really challenging, you know, um, that it makes it it's really hard that you don't connect with it very much at all, um, you know, you don't have to force yourself 
with this practice. You know, I, I would encourage you to just come to this sitting and sit in the field of working with this practice for this period. But you know, you can let it go for the rest of the time. Um, it was a number of years before this practice really resonated for me. It took a long time for uh, my heart to really soften. And for me, the softening came through the mindfulness practice. And so these two, the, the mindfulness practice and the, the metta practice, really can work together. That the mindfulness practice can be a heart-opening practice as well. And for me, that's how my heart began to open, was through meeting experience, just being willing to meet experience in this non-judgmental, non-reactive way. That non-judgmental, non-reactive quality of mind is a quality of metta. And so the, the metta practice will be cultivating the... I mean, the mindfulness practice will be cultivating this quality of metta. Um, but if this practice does resonate for you, use it. Use it as much as feels... Um, appropriate and and helpful for you. So it's time for another walking.